0: I'm glad to put a face to the voice after all these months sharing the same space on Clubhouse that we're now like, I get to like actually talk with you now, like face to face kind of.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Same.
0: (laughs) So this is just going to be a conversation. So it's going to be fully edited and produced. So those folks will take care of it. But I'm just, as you kind of know, like I'm just a conversationalist. So we'll just talk and will be there. We can't see him or hear him. It's just us. But I have learned that Curtis Mitchell <laughs> is a world-class 200-meter sprinter. I've learned that you have raced against the same Bolt. I just recently learned this in the 2013 IAAF World Championship where you were a bronze medalist, which is crazy. In college, you were a NCAA national champion. You are now an entrepreneur, investor, fitness expert, and high performer, I could go on and on. You have many, many identities and have many, many accomplishments. But as we pause for a moment and reflect on your life prior, during, now, what makes you most proud?
1: I think what makes me most proud is just going off to school, going off to junior college, getting my degree, getting my education, and actually seeing my dreams come true, you know, just through the hard work and dedication in such a short period of time that it, it took me to get to the pros. So I'm just most proud of myself that, you know, all of my 20s was spent living my dreams. Even now, I'm still a sprinter. I'm still one of the fastest in the world. And I still have so much untapped potential mm. that I've been to yet. So it's just it still feels like the beginning of my journey and things just still feel so new to me. Because, you know, for the last decade, the last 10 years of my life, I've been doing exactly what I love. And that's running and competing with the very best in the world. Been blessed to get a big contract with Adidas. And I've been with these guys. I've gotten three contracts. When I look back at the things that I've done thus far, I'm just so proud of that. Even meddling and, and even doing things the right way and having this opportunity. So I'm just proud of just the journey. And just proud that I never gave up. So I just think it's just so many to point. I mean, going to Texas A&M University, that was a big accomplishment for me. Running for Adidas, being a professional athlete, running against people that I looked up to, that was a big accomplishment for me. Being a, a junior college national champion, being the second man in the history of California State junior college championships to win the 100 or 200 meters while earning my associate's degree, that was a big accomplishment for me. So it's just been an incredible journey, incredible ride. And I'm just truly grateful and blessed.
0: Mm, I love hearing that. I really do. And I love the confidence that you have in just sharing that. Like, I don't feel any ego. I feel that deep pride and that gratitude. So I I really appreciate that. I think it's important that people know you started at a junior college. that, That people can start there and fulfill their dreams. Tell me that road to junior college, which one was it? I know you said it was in California. I think people need to hear that. What was your road and why there at that time?
1: Yeah, so my road was a little different. Mm -hmm. Look back on grateful because it made me a stronger person, a stronger athlete. I think when you go to junior college route, it primes you and preps you before going to D1 where everything is given to you and you can get caught up being a freshman, fresh out of Mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm heavily sought athlete. Now you're on full scholarship. You don't have to worry about anything. It could be a lot. And a lot of athletes, they miss that. And very few get that. And it's hard to hone in. So I'm grateful that I took the route. Back then it was tough because I wasn't heavily recruited out of high school. You know, I only ran track for three months in high school. And that was my senior season. And my senior season, I transferred my junior season from one high school to the next. And when I went to my final high school, I played all the sports. That's when everything started clicking. So I played basketball. I was on the football team and the track team. So our basketball season, we actually had one of the best years in school history. So that season bled into the track season because we went to the final four at Atlantic High School. So I wasn't heavily recruited, and I still got third at the state championships in the two hundred meters against two of the top nationally ranked guys. When it was time to graduate, and once the season was over, again I didn't have any big-time universities recruiting me or anything like that. So my football coach, my high school football coach, he presented an opportunity to me and two other guys. He said, hey, there's an opportunity for you guys to go out to California, San Diego, California, for football. You can join the football team. So my initial move from Florida to California to my junior college was for football. So I went out there on a football scholarship, so to speak. Not really a scholarship because out-of-state kids. We don't get scholarships in, in this junior college, but it was an opportunity. And I was like, of course, I asked my mom. I told her, Hey, this is a chance for me to leave home and just trust me on this. Get me to California. And I promise, I promise I won't let you down. So it was really about me just having that opportunity and just thankful that I had the chance to go to school because a lot of kids in my grade class, again, senior season coming is like, okay, well, if you don't have these big schools, like what's next? And that was a big thing for me. I knew I didn't want to stay home. I knew I had to leave home. I knew I had to get in a different environment. And football was just a vehicle that led me to the track team. So me and two other guys, we moved after graduation. We took a flight. We went to San Diego, California, where I went. I attended the Southwestern Community College. So it was in Chula Vista, California. So that's where I spent two years. I earned my associate's degree. And, yeah, it was originally for football. After the football season was over with, I went to the track coach. His name is Tony Campbell. At the time, he's a hurdler. He was an Olympic hurdler with the University of Southern California. And I just remember walking to his office telling him, hey, I want to be the best. I want to be state champion. And I knew that track was my calling. I knew that was my gift. Yeah, and the rest is pretty much history from that point on. I just never looked back, ended up being number one in the world that year as an 18-year-old my first year in junior college, sleeping in a garage. So it was just so surreal, but I knew that I had a good thing going.
0: Wow, there's so much there. I appreciate all that. I mean, I think what stands out for me is at such a young age, you're willing to leave home, the comforts of home and maybe not so comforts of home. And we can get to that a little bit. The environment you speak of, the confidence though that, if you given the chance that you wouldn't let your mom down, where does that come from, that confidence, that belief?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And you say that because it's truly a gift. I've always had self-belief and self-confidence in myself, just knowing that I'm blessed, knowing that I knew back then that I needed an environment, I needed to be around coaches that believed in me just as much as I believed in myself. I had my high school coaches tell me, I had a few articles, it was like, they wrote, Curtis is a diamond in the rough type of athlete. Like if you sleep on me, I have all the tools, but I was raised from a single parent home. My mom, my dad was away. We left when I was seven due to being incarcerated. So I wasn't the child that was in all the big time camps. I was the neighborhood kid, but I had a lot of talent, was still kind of reserved, still in my shell, still didn't have that male figure or, or that coach to really tap into my potential, but I knew it. I just always knew I was blessed. And I just knew watching my mom being a hard worker, I knew I would just, I just knew I wasn't going to mess up an opportunity because it became clear to me early on that if I get with the right people, the right crowd, I'm different than the guys who want to hang out and throw their life away and not do anything with their life. I knew I wasn't that guy, that kid. I knew I was a different type of kid that just needed that support. So, and just watching what my mom went through, you know, I took that upon myself. I took that. Coming from humble beginnings, you know, this is Uh what I have to do. I I can't let my mom down. I can't let myself down because if I go off to school and I come back, I know coming back to me was almost like it's over. Like nothing ever comes good when people leave high school and they immediately come back home or they stay in their hometown. Nothing comes good for that. So I just knew that I was going to do whatever it took. You know, I was going to not only use my God given abilities from an athletic realm, but I was going to use my mind. You know, Uh I know I'm a thinker when it comes to life decisions and how I navigate and what I wanted. And early on, I was a big manifester. So I was manifesting a lot of these things. Like I'm always dreaming, being an only child. So you keep a lot of things in your subconscious mind. So I just always been a big dreamer and know I really wanted this. I just took that responsibility. So that's pretty much where I came from. And that carried me throughout my career, just that ability to think outside the box and not be afraid. And it's paid off for me thus far, for sure.
0: No, I think, again, that's super inspiring. There's going to be a lot of people, including myself, in this moment who are getting a lot out of that story, your story. Do you feel like, in some ways, football at that time, and now track have, I don't want to be dramatic, but saved your life, like, gives you a life that you never thought you'd have access to without those opportunities?
1: Yeah, 1,000%. Mm-hmm. I feel that It was placed in me like that's part of my gift, being athletically gifted, understanding that I do have a gift and honing in on my craft. And when I use that word gift, understanding that this is going to keep me on a positive road because it gives me something to look forward to, like my stomach and my desire, like my burning desire to wake up and just want to be the best I can absolutely be. That's a blessing. That is an absolute blessing to even be able to have an opportunity to be in the process to chase something greater. And I just feel like, you know, that absolutely saved my life because it kept me on a straight road and it led me, it opened different doors for me because it showed me, hey, if you chase this, this can create so many different opportunities, which it did for me. And I'm just forever grateful. And I speak about it a lot when people talk about, oh, what are you doing now? And, and where am I at today? And I'm still chasing this dream. I'm still beating at this nail, like still mm. trying to get the best in the world, trying to reach my full potential. Because, again, it's keeping the main thing the main thing. Like, I would never deviate outside of my goals and my dreams because that's what got me here. No matter what type of realm or career I'm stepping into, it's all about growth. And now being a 32-year-old, obviously, I think different, you know, throughout this 10-year span. But just growing and just keeping things intact. Like, man, I'm blessed. It was track and field. It was that feeling of me waking up every single day trying to be the best version of myself, you know, in my sport. That led me to this path. So I'm going to always, forever, treat my grind and be respectful of my gift and my talents because it got me to this point. It saved my life. And I spoke about this in different interviews track and field and football, if you want to say it, you know, absolutely saved my life. And I'm forever grateful for it.
0: Mm, Yeah, I'm just taking that all in. I mean, I think it's almost like the opportunities and love that football, your gift of your athletic ability, track the love that it's given you, you want to always give it back.
1: 100%.
0: You always want to return it and never 100%. take it for granted.
1: Right. 100%. What I'm hearing. 100%. Gotcha.
0: You spoke about your mind. You're a manifester. You're a dreamer. You're a high performer. How do you use your mind to help you accomplish all that you want and to keep dreaming?
1: Yeah, I just use my mind in the sense of Being a critical thinker, analyzing certain things. Like, I like to play, I say it all the time in different forms. I like to play chess. So, I play chess moves in my head. So, I'm thinking about what is going to get me to my goal. I need to think differently. I want to always think like a top one percenter. You know, I'm always educating myself. I'm always learning. You know, in my sport, if I start something, I'm going to give my all to it. I always think before I do certain things, even in real life terms. You know, I've always been like that. I'm a type of guy that uh, I stay home. I'm a homebody, but I just want to train. I want to stay focused. I want to learn. I want to be the best. I want to be successful. So with that, you got to move differently. And I, I think when I say use my mind, now that I'm getting older and I'm growing more and I understand the importance of knowledge is power, you know, just educate myself, exercising my mindset and my brain getting stronger. Like I'm so intuitive with myself. And I just think that it helps me stay on the right track because I'm always so mindful. Self awareness is something that I pride myself on and I try to level up as much as I can. I'm a very self aware individual because it's, I know, just based off environments, you know, looking around, it's so easy. You can spend a lifetime getting to a certain point, but all it takes is one bad move or one bad decision and it can all be gone just like that in a blink of an eye. So stuff like that scares me. I'm always keeping the stuff like that in the back of my mind like, oh, snap, like, what happens if you know I make that wrong decision? Because again, like once you are in the processing, I've been to the top of the top of my sport. And on my way, to get to that point, I remember everything that I went through to get to that point. And I ask myself, was it worth it? You know, the things that people don't see. And these are the things that you're telling yourself. Nobody's gonna come hold your hand. Nobody's giving us a blueprint saying, hey, this is how you're supposed to navigate through life. You are a reflection of the things that You're telling yourself on a daily basis how you're moving, what you're manifesting, how you see yourself and how you perceive the world ultimately determines your reality. So I just keep that in mind. I'm not just a person that says he he wants to be successful or say, I want these things for myself. I know I'm willing to work for it. Like, Uh I'm willing to grind for it. I want to put in that work. Uh So I just understand the importance of of thinking the right way. You Uh know, in a world of distractions, it's very, very important that the mind is a terrible thing to waste, terrible thing to waste, and I just really don't want to waste mine. so
0: I mean, you're still a young man at 32. There are going to be athletes at all ages listening to this. There are going to be athletes who are have not yet learned or know how to cope with the distractions that are there, internally or externally. social media, that coach, that post. <laughs> the thoughts inside my own head, what advice or ways of thinking do you recommend those younger athletes who are trying to kind of be where you are, knowing that their road to being where you are might not be the same as yours? What would you recommend or what thoughts do you have there?
1: I would say really hone in on self, really stay focused on self and really understanding that, you know, the bigger the goal, the bigger the grind, the bigger the sacrifice. You know, all these different external distractions, they're just that, distractions. You know, the great ones, they don't get distracted. That's part of it. That's part of being great. You have to challenge yourself. It's so easy to get caught up into the hype, but laser focus comes into place. You have to hone in on whatever it is that you're getting at. You have to hone in on it and tell yourself the more things that you're saying no to, the closer you are to that goal that you're trying to get. And that's how I look at things whether it's turning down friends. You know, I know it sounds so cliche, turning down friends or not spending as much time with your family or how you moving on social media, the things, you have to decide what you want. And once you decide that this is what you want, greatness is what you want, study the people that you want to be like. See their habits. Read a lot of self-development books, a lot of habit books. You know, I'm a habit type person. Understanding that you have to be comfortable with yourself. And once you know yourself, I think it'll help a lot of problems that a lot of younger athletes face when it comes to being distracted and things like that. But all the great athletes, they know how to hone in and zero in on the mission. It's a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So the more you be detailed with that and the more you say no to all of these different things that's meant to distract you and derail you, the closer you are to that goal. And I'll leave it off with this. Just always believe in yourself, have extreme faith. And if you believe you can achieve, but you definitely have to put in the work and you can't cut any corners when you're trying to really be great. Anything it is that you're doing in life. So Mm -hmm. that would be my goal. And don't necessarily expect for it to be easy. You know, you don't want anything to be easy. A hard road builds character. So my journey built character in me that I see now paid off tremendously. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I built a tremendous amount of character by taking a tough road. You know, I built resilience. I know how to stay focused. I know how to adapt, being adaptable. It's key to the whole puzzle It's being adaptable because most people are so comfortable. You know, and we all know nothing good comes from comfort zones. So you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And once you learn how to live in that space, everything else will always take care of itself.
0: So valuable. I know a lot of people are getting a lot out of this. I think what you're talking about, if I try to summate a little bit is being boundaried, having boundaries, Mm -hmm. having discernment, knowing the difference between an outcome goal and a process goal. So like the outcome goal can be your vision, the thing you're working towards every day, but that your process goal, or what are the things that you're doing to actually get there and stay committed to it Don't expect it to be easy. Welcome the hard work because you know then you're growing. So I think that's all super, super valuable. I know in this journey and the journey you're still on, you can't and don't want to do it alone. You know, you spoke of your mom. Sounds like an amazing woman. You know, who are the people in your life, past and present, who have shaped you to be the man that you are today?
1: Well... My mom played a big role in my life. You know, she's a a big influence. Just watching everything that she went through, you know, stepping up when my dad left. She is just such an incredible person and an incredible example that, you know, I got a chance to, to watch growing up. And, you know, my mom has been there for me. My dad, seeing everything that he went through as well. Just understanding that I come from a strong family, my parents, and just a lot of different people that I look up to in the business space or just in the professional realm but just spending a lot of time with myself you know spending a lot of time with myself getting more close to the god i have a great support system with my family they motivate me they inspire me and you know i just always had this mindset of how i see my life and what i wanted to accomplish you know out of my life so i think my morals of you know just trying to move with integrity and be a person of character it's just a lot of different people that inspire me, but definitely I have to say just my core people, my family and my mom. So when you have
0: a big decision to make, whatever it might be, who's the first person you go to to help you kind of sort it through? What kind of decision? Like, I mean, I know earlier you and your lady were looking at houses. That's a big decision. It's a decision that obviously will be a a joint decision, but like, Who my next sponsor might be or what race or event I'm training for next or how to invest because I know you're an investor, these types of things. Does it differ based on what the decision is or is there like a go to one or two people that you always include in all of your decisions?
1: Well, yeah, that's a good question. So I'm always working on my board of advisors, you know, because it varies, you know, things vary and I'm growing. I have a lot of life experiences and the things that I'm trying to accomplish. So putting the right people together to help me with these things, whether it's business related or track and field related. Obviously, I have an agent and things like that. But believe it or not, like I'm the mastermind behind Curtis Mitchell. So I usually consult with myself. Therefore, I try to find the right people that are currently in my life based off the connections that I'm making. You know, which is why I'm very strategic with how I'm moving and the people that I'm dealing with and interacting with because I'm trying to find trustworthy people that I can consult in and that I can come to that's going to offer me good, genuine advice that really wants to see me get to the next level and see me be successful, to be honest. So Mm -hmm. it varies, but yeah, I'm just still in that process of finding that team. But for the most part, I'm close to my lady, you know, my mom, I talk to her a lot about certain things as well. But yeah, and then obviously I, I have a team, I have an agent, I have a coaches, uh, things of that nature, but for the most part, myself. Okay, okay.
0: I like that, board of advisors. Yeah. That's the team behind Curtis, you know, the team behind the individual. And that team is, yeah, created and designed by that individual. You are the one who gets to pick and so to speak, elect those board members. And I think that's super powerful. I know that you are someone who approaches your life holistically. You know, I'm learning that more and more. What does that mean to you exactly? And how does that, and if it does, incorporate mental health, especially as an athlete?
1: Yeah, so just being on all the natural herbs and and just taking a, a holistic approach to everything I do. Taking care of my body, you know, meditation, hot baths, cold baths, red light therapy, cryo chamber, oxygen therapy. When they talk about brain health, I'm so submerged and I'm so invested into my brain health, my health in general. So I'm watching the things that I'm eating, organic foods, fasting. So it's a lot of different things that plays into my lifestyle that I keep a close, close eye on. And, and again, just especially as I continue to get older, just being more honed in on the natural remedies of my body. I've taken DNA, epigenetics, DNA testing, so I know exactly what my body is lacking understanding raw materials, understanding what type of methylator am I. So these are things that I'm so interested in, and I speak to the doctors on a daily basis. You know, my team, I wish I would have said that in your last question, because I I do got some really amazing people that's in my network. So I get a joy out of listening to doctors or or trying to figure things out from a natural standpoint. You see what's going on with COVID-19, so I take that responsibility of having this information about health and wellness so I can pass down to my family because people look up to me and how I'm so anal about, you know, just my health in general. So, yeah, just... And I've always been like that. I've always been super organic, super natural. I was just taking things to the next level now, making sure I'm getting the right sleep. I have this little band right here, this boot band that mm-hmm. I and it tracks everything that I'm doing from my strain, my HRV, my heart rate variability, my oxygen levels things like that. So yeah, that's who Curtis Mitchell is in the nutshell.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's who Curtis Mitchell is. I mean, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about all the things you do for your physical body. You mentioned meditation in there as something you do for your physical body. Yeah. You know, tell me more about that. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are like, what meditation, how does that help you physically? Don't you just like kind of sit there and relax How do you understand meditation and how does it work for you and your whole brain health mindset?
1: Yeah, meditation is absolutely the foundational point of when you talk about calming that nervous system down. Somebody like me who's super wired, lowering that parasympathetic levels from being wired, being a high achiever, being a a top 1% percenter you know, the grind, grind, grind. You have to be able to switch off. You know, the recovery process is just as important as the grind process, the training aspect. So, meditation puts you in a state where you come back to home base, to center base, and it gets you more in control. And this levels to meditations. You know, now I'm at a different stage mm-hmm. of my meditation because I've been doing it for so long and just looking more into diving more deeper into meditation, knowing how that plays a big role into mental health. Low and anxiety. Now we're starting to put names on feelings now. So anxiety is being thrown around a lot in the mental health community. So when people talk about dealing with anxiety and things like that, I suffer from performance anxiety. This is because I out to somebody to speak to somebody about that. When I wasn't competing, that was hard. This is what I love to do. And if I'm not competing or if I'm not training, my mind can just go in all different places. You know, exercise is great for mental health. If we specifically talking about that, but meditation. I mean, it just changes the game because it, it becomes a point where you can just tap into it. And that's when you can quiet your mind down because a busy mind leads to a busy body and a busy mind and body creates inflammation. And we don't really want a lot of inflammation in the body. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. So I just try to control that. I try to control that fire that burns in the mental and the, and the physical. And meditation is something that should definitely be talked about. You know, you see a lot of people guided meditation, whether you can just put on tunes and you different, different waves. I mean, it's not mumbo jumbo that people think is really a skill set, a, a special art that we as humans, if you tap into, it can be a very, very powerful, powerful tool for yourself.
0: Oh my gosh. So many gems just being dropped. I have these headphones on and I'm like nodding, like nodding so hard. Like I thought I was going to like nod off these like They were going to fall off because everything that Curtis is saying is so important. I mean, you broke it down. I mean, I think, again, in my humble attempt to kind of highlight some of the things you just said, that recovery, how important that is. I think people are always trying to take their bodies and their minds to that next level, but then don't pay attention to the recovery as much. Sleep, nutrition, the first Intake that you take when you're on that recovery, because it happens right after you hit the overload. Then the minute you stop, that's recovery starts. And so the mind being able to comment, impact that central nervous system is so, so important. I mean, wearables, you show me your wearable. I mean, I think technology is taking such a front seat in the way that we can actually monitor and impact our own mental health as it's connected to our physical health, like nothing separate. But I think you and I know that. I don't think a lot of people know that. So it's so important that we talk about this and that so many people are going to get a chance to hear this and hear your process and be able to design their own, which I think is great. I mean, performance anxiety is one of the number one things in what I work with my athletes that they suffer from. And that doesn't have to be, quote unquote, clinical anxiety, which is different. So I know you talked about, you know, it's never too late to talk about your health team your doctors and all of them. Did you ever work or are you ever working with, have you ever worked with like a sports psychologist or a mental performance coach or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I did a a short stint with some of the guys from USH I can feel. They Uh offer like around that's one of the things that I was looking to dive more deeper You just finding the right mental coach, performance coach to that. I really thrive and flourish in that type of realm. When I Can really hone in and speak with somebody when it comes to that because I'm such a mental person and I give a lot mentally and physically to whatever it is that I'm trying to get at or I'm focused on. But I definitely had some previous sessions with some guys from USA Track and Field for sure.
0: Great, great. And do you think that, again, young athletes coming up, that that would be a beneficial thing to do to like check that out to see what that's like, to have
1: a conversation with somebody? Oh, 100%. When you talk about what's going to separate you from the next person, like as an athlete, it truly comes down to how well do you compete? How well do you can compete? So that means how are you dealing with you know different environments? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about other athletes? Are you focusing on yourself? There's so much that goes on in an athlete's mind when you talk about performance that people just don't realize. They, it's so easy to look from the outside looking in and just look at the skill or see what this athlete is performing at this very, very high level, but it's even more of a thing when you got to see the process. When you're trying to be great, you know, great is being good for a long period of time. And so mm-hmm. it goes on mentally that you, you have to train that. And if you just try to do that alone, it usually will lead to burnout. So burnout will become inevitable if you don't tap into somebody who can help guide that from an athlete. Because our greatest strength can become our greatest weakness if we don't have that proper coaching or that proper guidance to guide this skill set that we have that makes us great in the first place.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You are well aware as most athletes now, like this sort of culture shift for athletes to talk more about mental health, like you said earlier, sort of speaking to anxiety, performance anxiety, depression. Like, what do you think about the future of athlete mental health and like kind of where these discussions are going and where choices are being made, stakeholders are supporting it or not? Like, what do you think about the sort of the chatter that's going on right now?
1: I mean, I definitely love the conversation that's going on about it. And I think that we're seeing more conversation because of what's happening in the world specifically with us dealing with a pandemic. So it's not just athletes, but everybody's suffering from mental health, right? So it's kind of something that you can't shy away from anymore. You can't just tuck this to the side and ignore it because it's now a thing. You're seeing at every professional level, but let's talk specifically basketball. You have guys that's they're forfeiting millions of dollars because they're trying to protect their mental health with certain things, certain issues that's going on. And people are starting to keep their families in mind and and do different things that they feel is best for them and their core beliefs. So I definitely love the conversation that's been happening with mental health, because I think it shouldn't be seen as a negative thing. It shouldn't be seen as something bad, because we're literally talking about mental health, like the same as physical health. And I don't understand why people make it such a thing, but I can kind of get it. But as you look deeper into it, you realize like, man, like, okay, well, other than people telling you to read a lot of books, what are you doing to strengthen your mind or protect your mindset? So I would want to see it followed up with more action. I think we need to have more people speak more about it. We need to have more mental health institutions. We need to have more things that's going to afflict change because I've seen it in the sport. We've seen, you know, a few athletes commit suicide, uh-huh. you know? Athletes in the sport of track and field, rest in peace to one of my colleagues that, that happened to, that's serious. That type of stuff hits home. You never want to hear anybody take their own life. But for some reason, I think it said suicide rates were up during the pandemic, along with a lot of different other things. So you're like, wow, man, me looking at life and you know understanding life is so precious. We only get one shot at this. You never wanted to get to that point. So I would like to see more people as a community. When we're speaking about mental health, we need to do more than just speak about it. You know, they mm-hmm. need to be more people in position of power and, and influence, really pushing this and really step into the forefront and trying to really help and inflict change. You know, creating spaces where people can talk. You know, mm-hmm. an environment where people can come together and, and collaborate and share their thoughts and get the help there that's needed. Because unlike myself. You know, it was a long period of time where I felt like it was just me alone in this journey. I was alone. I took a lot of that burden on making sure I don't let my mom down, myself down, family stuff, and just different things that kept me motivated. But that was a lot that I carried as an 18-year-old. And who's to say, You know, like you said, everybody's different. You know, Everybody's not going to be built to handle that on their own like that, especially when you talk about it These kids being at their age, you know, the teenage years, the early years, the early 20s, and now the space of the metaverse. And I I tie that in because it's geared towards living life more on the Internet now. So that's going to create more anxiety, more comparison, more mental health issues when you talk about social media, because now these likes and these fan bases and this and that, that is a real true thing in our community, and this is the way of the world. Like, we're in a social media era, and it's only getting, I don't want to say worse, but it, it's just amplifying, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to see a lot more, you know, we just need to back it up with action, put more things, yep. and put more strategies to come together and to really help people.
0: hmm uh-huh. Thank you for that. Again, so powerful. I mean, especially, and I want to say, coming from a Black man, a Black professional athlete. You spoke of the stigma. What action steps you would like to see happen in Black communities across our country to help break down that stigma? I mean, I'm asking you as a Black man, but it's also in other cultures that to seek mental health support means you're crazy or you're weak or something is very, very wrong with you. Like, you can't do this on your own and then there's judgment for it what would you like to see happen especially you know in the black community or all communities if you wanted to speak to it that could help what action steps could help there
1: yeah i just think you know the action steps is for them people that have that negative connotation on mental health and how powerful it is or just these different things that we talk about it's important that they see people who's who's actually going through the process and seeing how much better making them when they do speak to someone when they do take action and how they just need to change their viewpoints. Again, you need to have more people in position speaking more about it, putting different things in place. And I I would like to see more mental health clinics or facilities where people Mm -hmm. can have offered to them. It needs to be a situation where services are available to people where they can talk with somebody. They can find the right Mm -hmm. to help speak to these professionals. And people of color or just whatever community we need to be able to see people that are speaking about it, being authentic, having a real story, and not shying away from it. Because regardless of whatever success we as people have, we all are human beings at the end of the day. We're all fighting our own fight. We're all on our own journey. We still have to have this. We all have the human experience. So none of us are excluded from whatever the human experience entails. So it does not make you less cool. It, It actually does you a disservice to not hone in on your mental health, not wanting to work on your mindset. When you talk about one of the leading causes of mortality or just one of the worst things that can happen to us is Alzheimer's. So that's a brain disease. Mm -hmm. So working on your mind, keeping things like that in mind should always be looked at as a positive. So. We just need to have more people speaking up about it. You know, people using their platforms, influencers, whatever the case is, use these platforms to speak out. Use your voice. Share your story. And the more you do that, the more you connect with people. Cause pretty all it takes is for one person to hear your story. And be like, wow, I didn't even know this person thought. Like what? Yeah, I'm just like you. So that would be where I would start.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I mean, we could have talked for hours more. I mean, your time is precious. I respect you. I respect it. It's been a pleasure picking your brain, learning how you think, learning how you take care of your brain health, your mental health, your body. It's all connected. And I'm very, like, just moved by your story, by the things you've gone through, the way that you are always wanting to learn. No, there's never a place that you finally arrive to. You're always dreaming. You're always working. And you know I just have a lot of deep, deep respect for that. Before we say goodbye, I want to ask you about actually what you're doing now. I mean, you're still a professional athlete, but you are a businessman. You're an entrepreneur, an investor. How do some of the skills of you being a professional athlete transfer over into this sort of more of the business world and like why these types of businesses that that you are in part of, like that you're involved in right now. Like, tell me more about that because I want to highlight what you're doing right now as well. Off the track.
1: Yeah, so just my mindset and my approach as an athlete has translated over into the business space because, you know, just my ability to show up every single day, being consistent, being resilient, wanting to do whatever it takes to be successful, to be the best at it, to really hone in on it, to do the things that I see the competition not doing or, or just trying to find that competitive edge. I mean, it's just taking that type of mindset to the business space because just work hand in hand. You know, you hear a lot of people say a lot of times, you know, professional athletes, that they usually do good in business given that, you know, they're doing other things right outside of that. But they usually do well in business because of that mindset and that focusness. So I just think, you know, it's just me being hungry for it, for what I'm trying to do in the business space. Just feeding myself that knowledge, just knowing that I the level that I want to get to. And I'm just excited. I'm just one of those individuals. Once I'm excited about something, once I hone in on something like I really want it bad enough, now it's just time to put in that work and just winning the small battles, the day-to-day battles to kind of see, you know, just the process. So it's been fun just building my company up from ground up. I'm really excited about what I'm trying to do. I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm actually in school. I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree right now. I have class in like 40 minutes. Finishing up my bachelor's degree in business finance with a concentration in project management. I'm currently holding a 4.0 GPA. So that's been super exciting. And, and I took it upon myself to go back to school, to get my education so that I can have the knowledge. I don't want people to look at me as just an athlete or mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. came and started doing some real estate deals and get money. Now I want to take it to a whole nother level. You know, I want to challenge myself. So, just having that mindset of challenging myself and knowing that education is key, having that knowledge to know what I'm doing, it's just been an incredible journey for me. So, and to go to your next question, you know, I'm in the real estate space. So, I have my own construction company. I'm in the finance business. I mean, just growing as a brand, you know, I'm still training at the highest level. I have so many things that I'm trying to do on the track that I still haven't. Tapped into yet. Yeah, these next three years for me are going to be big. We have the World Championships next year, 2023 World Championships in Budapest, and then before you know it, it's going to be the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. So I'm training at a very high level. I'm tapped into my business because now I'm smarter. I'm putting these vehicles in place for me now, so nothing changes for my lifestyle. So I can reinvest back into the, the athlete, Curtis Mitchell, and I'm not relying on a shoe company. I can take care of myself. I can sustain. So. Mm-hmm. My financial literacy got me into the realm of, okay, I need to be a business owner. I need to operate as a business owner. Now it's time to focus on assets, less liabilities. We need to start managing our money. I want to be a smarter person. I don't want to leave my career and walk away from the sport with nothing. And I can do it in the classroom. I can do it in the business space and just really marrying the two. So now when I come back, now you see the complete Curtis Mitchell, the complete story. So the story is still being told I'm just excited about this next chapter, this next level, which is why I've been taking my time off the track while I'm not competing, really honing in on my business and staying focused on training as well, because I know the lifestyle that I'm trying to live, I'm trying to leave the legacy. I'm focusing on generational wealth. I'm focusing on being more mindful of scaling and in business. And I just know I can do it. I know I have all the tangible qualities and I'm just excited about it.
0: I'm excited too. I'm excited for you and just talking to you, just ignites my excitement about my life and what's going on for me. So I thank you for that. And I appreciate it. I'll be checking you out. I'll be following you for the next three, four years, kind of seeing how things go. I have no doubt you're going to experience all that you are dreaming of. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time to just keep experiencing it. So you're a busy man. Again, I so appreciate your time and your thought to our time together. And we'll be talking soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I had a great time, Ms. Lisa. Thank you.
2: One of my favorite things about our Sports Epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to this Source production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Mm